Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the World Series of Politics podcast, where two heavy hitters in the political, legislative, and regulatory space take swings at the curveballs thrown at the gaming sector by legislators and regulators around the world for IGB. We've got Brendan Bussman and Grant Iden stepping up to the plate to discuss the hot topics in this space from across the world. Let's play ball on another episode of the World Series of Politics. Welcome back to another World Series of Politics. Brand, it's great to be back with you. It's post-election. Um, we've got a lot we got to talk about today, but let's kick off with the news we forgot to talk about in our last show, and it revolves around you and the fanatic that we all are on this podcast of Br Mr. Brand Iden. Oh, what a pun. What a pun. Well, always great to be back on with you, Brendan. Thank you. And yes, we've got a lot to catch up on, uh, certainly as it relates to the elections and what happened uh, and then what's going on uh, moving forward through the rest of the year and into next year. So it's going to be an exciting show. But thank you very much. Obviously, I have departed Sport Radar. Uh, tr a tremendous opportunity for me there. And I'm going to miss my friends. But I've moved on to um, uh, Vice President of uh, Government Affairs for Fanatics Betting and Gaming. And I'm so excited to be uh, to be part of the team over there. Um, I think we've got a lot of great things that are going to happen. And it's it's fun to see what I was doing on the supplier side, being able to transition that over into the operator side now. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun. So certainly more to come and further episodes on that front. Well, I, I'm sure we're going to hear lots about it. Obviously, it's uh, one of the elephants in the room of what may or may not be happening and market access and all of that. My biggest question, you've uh, you and I've already talked about this, is how do I get some gear? You know, I've got a lot of teams <laughs> yes. I support now. You know, my Nebraska team's still out there in the abyss. I've got all my guys throughout college football, and I got my guy Joe Burrow with the Bengals. But, you know, I, I need some gear. So, uh, you know, we can talk about that a little bit offline. So, you know, I got to um, admit, Busman, you've always been you've always been an expensive friend. But Christmas is coming. <laughs> Christmas is coming, my friend. And uh, and you make a list for me, and maybe uh, maybe Santa will, uh, Santa will send you something. <laughs> well, well, we'll talk about how, how expensive you are a friend as well when we talk about Maryland later on here. And, uh, oh, okay, okay. The, the, the wager I, I, I apparently am losing here uh, along the way. But uh, let's dive into the election here. Um, obviously, to no one's surprise, other than uh, a few that apparently have been living under a rock, California went down in flames uh, when it came to the two ballot issues. Any thoughts? How does this go forward? You know, what What do you think about what happened in uh, with the two ballot issues in 26 and 27? Well, you know, we've talked about these a lot on the show, and, and I think exactly uh, what happened on Election Day is what we discussed. Whenever you have two competing ballot initiatives uh, going up against each other, and even though, you know, they were designed to work in tandem and so on and so forth, the reality of it is is that the, the, the voters just got confused. Nobody really knew what they supported, what they were for, what they were against. Um Voters just quite didn't understand the messaging and marketing that was coming to them, and that was that was reflected in the in the on election day. And both of these, obviously, as you say, going down in flames. Um, and it brings us back to where do we go from here? And I believe the answer is we've got to come together as an industry. We've got to have conversations about this. There has to be more collaboration in the market, and because what we can have happen is go back to the ballot again two years from now and spend all this money again and expect a different result because the same thing is going to happen. What do you think? Well, you know, and I've talked about this a lot post-election and you and I've disagreed a little bit on this and, and you saw a little bit last week on our, uh, 
event we did with with our colleagues, uh, you know, in the industry with the web webcast we did, um, or the webinar we did. But you know, I still think in the hearts and minds of voters that you've poisoned the well enough here that this may last beyond twenty four. Um, I know I saw somebody uh, earlier this week parrot my comments that has no political necessary, uh, you know, understanding of how California works uh, and looking at 26. But, you know, I think getting past where we were at and where we need to go uh, is not an easy negotiation that we have to do uh, over the next few months and years going into this. But, you know, timing is of the essence if you want to make 24 um, and we really sort of have, uh, you know, six months or so to do it. But you're absolutely right. You, you can't go in and try to uh, outdo yourself with the ballot initiative and what was spent this last time uh, heading into a 2024 or a 2026 and what stakeholders may or may not agree to. Well, and I know you've been very consistent in that message, which is, you know, have the vote, have the minds of the voters been sort of poisoned with all the negativity that's been out there as it relates to, uh, and from the marketing standpoint, as it relates to sports betting in general. And I just don't think so. I think two years is a long time. I agree with you that a lot of work has got to be done between now and then to get us to the point where we're ready to go. And obviously the ballot signatures and collecting and the language and agreements and all that sort of stuff. So it starts today is the answer to that. And I do believe that if we start today, I think that we can win the hearts and the minds of the voters in two years from now. But the deal's got to be right. It's good. And, uh, you know, that, that remains to be seen. Well, and, and I'm not saying no to, to 2024. I'm just saying it's going to take some work. It's going to take some cohesiveness. Um, you know, yes, it was light the house on fire, pouring kerosene on that fire uh, as it relates to this last uh, election cycle. But, you know, I think we can we can douse that pretty quickly if we have a cohesive message um, together and being able to do that. I agree. It's all going to be about cooperation and collaboration in California to see if we can work through something that makes sense for the industry. And so we don't have to, you know, go go back and, and uh, try the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I, I think I, I think I heard that one once before. So yeah, um, you've heard that a few times. Let's talk <laughs> about a few other things. Obviously, the whole world didn't, uh, you know, all uh, surround the, the world's fifth largest economy. Uh, in California, but, uh, you know, a few other states had elections uh, as well. And and I think it matters as we look into 2023. Any state that stood out to you as a, as a strong possibility or one that you saw a little bit of surprise? Well, you know, there was, uh, there's a lot of activity out there. And I think there's a lot of positive things for the industry that could come out of the elections. But I want to take, I'm going to take Minnesota first. And I know we've got a few others to talk about, but Minnesota was a surprise to me. Uh, Democrats sweeping uh, all three branches of government there. That I did not expect. Obviously, the Democrats had held the House and the governor's mansion. The Republicans had held the Senate. Um, uh, Democrats held on and they won the Senate. And I didn't, I honestly, I didn't see that coming. I thought that Republicans may uh, may overtake the House. And so here we are now with all three branches being controlled by the Democrats who've got great relationships with the tribes. And obviously a bill that advanced very uh uh, all the way through into the Senate last year uh, fairly quickly. And so now the question becomes is, is you know, what happens now as we jump into 2023? And is sports betting going to be a priority? And does the bill look the same? Uh, thoughts on that? Well, you know, I will say Minnesota also was a surprise to me considering six months ago, I think a lot of us in the industry were worried that if we didn't get something done last May, 
that it was going to be a completely different bill and a completely different uh, approach as we headed into 2023. Um, with that said, I mean, the, the one thing I will continually reiterate up there, and I think it's a lesson that, that we should have learned as an industry from California is we have to be patient and let the tribes work through their process. And I know that sometimes isn't uh, the most expedient process as it relates to how people would like things to go. But in order to get this done and get this moving in 2023, all 11 tribes have to say, hey, we're behind X and being able to do this in a very meaningful way. Um, you know, will there be other people that, that, that get to, you know, conduct sports wagering up there? I, I've always thought that the tracks at some point will have a say, uh, not a say, but, but have a stake in the game. Um, over that, beyond those 13 um, points, if you want to call it that, I, I see a very limited pass off of anything else. Obviously, as you well know from last year, you had uh, you know all the uh, charitable organizations and the electronic pull tabs, um, or as I, I always like to put it, as one restaurateur put it up there, our gambling machines on iPads. Um, you know they all want uh, they all want one of these as well. But you know, leave it to the stewards of gaming. Uh, which starts with the tribes and and let them uh, take their time to figure out what that looks like heading into 23. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point and certainly one that I do believe that the Democrats there will embrace. As I say, they've got a great relationship with the tribes uh, and the tribes have been, you know, they've been talking about this for some time now. So I do think we're going to see something in Minnesota. Obviously, that open and competitive market always makes for the best market. So we'll see what uh, what the legislature comes up with. But uh, I'll be curious to see what happens there. Uh, what's next on your list? What else we got out there? Well, you know, there's this big state in the middle of the country down south. It's called Texas, which everybody's focused on now that California didn't get done. And yes, everything is bigger in Texas, as they say. And, you know, you've got the battle of uh, only having a legislature that meets every other year. Um, and you've got a governor that signaled, hey, maybe we're maybe it's time for some conversations. Um, but we've got some other stakeholders down there too, that may still have some different thoughts. So, you know, I, I think Texas is an unknown to some extent, other than we know there's going to be a debate. We just don't know what it's going to be about. What do you think? Well, yeah, Texas is where all eyes are going to be this year. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, Brendan, the legislature meets, uh, every other year, uh, for up to 140 days. There's going to be a massive push here. Governor Abbott has been public prior to the uh, prior to the elections, um, saying that he'd be open to at least discussing gaming in its form, whether that be sports betting, uh, integrated casinos. We have yet to see some clarity on that, and and I think we will in due time. Obviously, as you mentioned, the lieutenant governor uh, they controls the Senate, and we've got to have some support there. I do think it was very interesting uh, to see that former Governor Rick Perry has come out in support of um, for the sports betting in the state, uh, talking about the illegal market, as well as, uh, you know, just players leaving Texas, going into other states, playing there. And I think that, you know, uh, Governor Perry, former Secretary Perry's got huge influence there. And I think that that may be a, may be a game changer and certainly something that could help us with a number of legislators, uh, those conservative lawmakers uh, around the state that may have had some hesitancy about this issue. Um, I think that uh, the governor could help there. Well, and, and I would agree with you. Obviously, uh, Governor slash Secretary Perry, um, I think, is an added game changer. You know, I've been trying to get gaming done in Texas since I think back to 06. Um, obviously, I was in diapers then um, over everything. But, uh, you know, 
Um, it, it's one of those, it's a very complex market. You know, I've talked to legislators this year. I talked to them last cycle. I've talked to them over the course of time that there's definitely a desire to do that, but it's just a matter of getting through the process. Uh, and obviously it's a difficult process with a short, short legislative term, um, you know, and, and getting everything done in a state that can typically, that typically has looked at a very conservative approach when it comes to gaming, um, other than what they have in the lottery and uh, some eight liners out West, but we won't talk about those. So, um, but uh, you know, what, what other state, uh, you know, cause I know we're, we're starting to wrap up uh, on, on the election here a little bit. Uh, and I want to make sure we get to Maryland, which obviously launches this week um, as well as the world cup. But uh, any other state out there piqued your curiosity? Well, you know, I'm going to come back to Georgia. I've, I've been bullish on Georgia, as you know. Um, uh, Governor Kemp being reelected there. Uh, there was some talk about sports betting throughout the course of the election cycle against his opponent, Stacey Abrams. And uh, we'll see what happens. I think there's a desire in the legislature to get something done in Georgia. I'm bullish on Georgia again this year. Uh, again, nothing's really changed from a political standpoint other than another year of conversation. Uh, has occurred and that education I always say is critical. And I think that uh, I'm hopeful this may be our year in Georgia. Well, I, I hope it is. Obviously, it's still got to go to ballot and we we still have to figure out what that all looks like. But, uh, you know, I think there's definitely a path forward uh, to be able to do that. So it's just a matter of what does it look like and how does it look? So, um, you know, well, and that's the same story for North Carolina, frankly. I mean, what does it look uh, like and how does it look? In North Carolina. Uh, I know, I know. We have, we have, we have. Well, as you say, we're running up on time here, but I, I, I would be remiss if I did not remind you. And I'm, I'm glad you pointed out for our listeners that Maryland obviously has launched uh, this week. Um, very excited about that uh, for obvious reasons, but because um, we talked so much about it, the long delay in Maryland. Mobile market finally coming to fruition. Looking forward to accepting those first wagers out there. But more importantly, I believe that I have won a personal wager uh, that uh, that you need to pay up on, Mr. Busman. Well, you know, and as I as we talked over the weekend, I I am uh, paying up that debt, and you will be sent a uh, wonderful uh, bottle or potential bottles of. Uh, oh, okay, uh, of wine. all right. Just because I'm that generous of a guy. What a, know, what a guy. What a guy. I don't, I don't want to sit here. You know, I know you got the leverage on this. I don't want to be outmaneuvered <laughs> or anything else along the way here. But, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, I, I will say this as it relates to Maryland. And obviously, if any state has done it more backwards, I can't think of one. Um, but thank God the governor put his foot down and said, hey, guys, get this done because it's ridiculous you haven't gotten there. You know, I think it is by far not a model of anything to follow on how they did it. Um, something that can be said as far as it also goes to its neighbor in D.C. Um, over everything, which obviously that's another thing we can talk about on the next podcast uh, as we go through that. But I, I am a man of my word and I will make sure that uh, uh, once uh, once once everything is in full motion, we got to get through this testing period here uh, this week. Um, and, and, and we're in the middle of that right now. But. We'll, we'll be more than happy to send you a, a, a bottle along the way. So, Well, I will make sure to, uh, to keep the uh, listeners up to speed on when that delivery shows up. It is the holiday season, which I appreciate. And so, well, hey, it's always great catching up with you, my friend. Absolutely. I'm sure I'll see you down along the road. 
Uh, for all the listeners out there, reach out to uh, Mr. Busman or myself anytime. Questions, queries, etc. Um, thoughts for the show. We'd love to love to uh, hear from you. And uh, thanks again for joining us on another episode of the World Series of Politics podcast. You've been listening to the World Series of Politics podcast with Brendan Busman and Brent Iden. We'll be back on field very soon. This has been an IGB production. For the latest news, views, analysis, and data on the global gaming industry, head to iGamingBusiness.com.